What is up, everyone? <clears throat> Welcome back to the Giants Nation podcast. I'm your host, Justin Roman. And guys, I hope you all are having a wonderful, what, Tuesday morning? Um, guys, uh, the NFL season is officially over with um, as of now. Um, we're two weeks away from the Super Bowl to be happening when, when we're going to be having two uh, two quarterbacks that had a lot of pressure on both of them going into the season. Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles and Patrick Mahomes of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Both quarterbacks are going to be uh, fighting uh, for 60 minutes for the Lombardi Trophy. So, yeah. Um, but anyways, guys, um, nothing really, uh, not, a, not a lot of things are going to be happening in the NFL you know, um, you know the only things that we are going to have, we're going to have the Pro Bowl, um, which I am expecting it to happen this week, and the Super Bowl, and then we have the NFL offseason. Um, so, yeah. Um, but guys, uh, I just want—I came on here to talk about Daniel Jones. You know, obviously because you know, you know, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Saquon Barkley. You know, obviously. A lot of Giants fans were still waiting to see what Joe Shane's going to do going into this offseason. Um, Joe Shane has two big decisions to make on Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Um, and guys, um, you know, it, it's going to be very interesting. You know, um, tomorrow it's going to be a new month. You know, tomorrow will be the first day. Tomorrow will be uh, February 1st, which... You know, we're going to see, you know, what Joe Shane's going to do. Because Joe Shane, he ha- Joe Shane has to make a decision on if he's going to sign Daniel Jones or franchise tag him or if he's going to let him go, you know, by March 15th. Because that's when the trade, that's when the uh, NFL trade, that, that's when the NFL, uh, that's when teams need to be uh, prepared to sign the players that they want or they don't want. So... It's going to be very interesting, but I came on here, I want to talk about Daniel Jones, and I just want to rest this entire, I just want to rest, I just want to shut the critics up, uh, just because people are still talking about Daniel Jones, and how they don't still believe in him after this entire year, seeing what he's done, you know, um, so I'm going to actually come up with some reasons why this guy has went from a punchline to a potential cornerstone for the Giants. You know, um, and obviously there's going to be questions. What changed in New York to put the Giants in the playoffs? And Daniel Jones on the brink of a new contract. Well, here's why. Look it. Prior to the start of the 2022 NFL regular season, Joe Shane, the new general manager of the Giants, shared his outlook for the season with the media. It was a it was a somewhat brutal assessment. You know, Joe Shane, he was speaking about the upcoming year. Joe Shane said rather matter uh, of factly, we're, you know, this was from Joe Shane. We're just trying to get through today. The situation we're in, uh, the situation we're in is the situation. It's the hand we were dealt. We're going to do the best we can. No, Shane, Joe Shane's comment, 
Joe Shane's comments reflected the situation he inherited taking over the Giants. When he was hired, the roster needed to upgrade on both sides of, of the football. But he first needed to clear around $40 million in cap space, so, you know, just so he could sign New York's incoming draft class. Speaking with Peter King of NBC Sports, this is what Joe Shane outlined the task in front of him. You know, Joe Shane, told, you know, this was this was uh, from Peter King of NBC Sports. Peter King was saying, Joe Shane told me Saturday he'll have to clear out $40 million from a bloated and mismanaged salary cap this spring. Joe Shane was saying, Joe Shane said this himself, when we first got to Buffalo, we had $55 million in dead cap money we had to manage. We had a plan there, we'll have one here. We have, we may have to make some decisions that hurt, but I do not want to kick the can down the road with the cap. I want to get it fixed. Also on his to-do list, figuring out what to do with quarterback Daniel Jones. Because, because Daniel Jones' fifth-year option was coming due and a decision on how to handle that final year, final year of his rookie deal loomed over the start of Joe Shane's tenure, in April, the... The entire organization announced that they would decline his fifth-year option, making a 2022 a make-or-break season for the quarterback. That led to a training camp filled with questions regarding his future and debate over if or when backup quarterback Tyrod Taylor would take over under center. Fast forward a few months, Instead of the Giants finishing in a position to draft a quarterback at the top of the 2023 NFL Draft, as many expected, New York is in the playoffs. A roster that was filled with questions is instead playing on Wild Card Weekend, and new head coach Brian Dable is among the favorites for Coach of the Year honors. As for Daniel Jones... Instead of wondering who the Giants are going to draft at the top of the first round this spring, now fans are wondering what kind of extension this guy will receive in the offseason or if the team will use the franchise tag on the quarterback, which was my uh, scenario that I used. You know, franchise tag Daniel Jones because we also got Saquon Barkley. You know, who we all know Saquon Barkley is it's obvious that this guy is the biggest piece of this offense, you know. And I and look at I I understand I understand the NFL is not into running backs like how they used to be. And every you know everyone is now into quarterbacks, you know. Like you look like for example, look at the MVP conversations every year. There's nothing but quarterbacks. I think the only non-quarterback player that was in uh, the MVP conversation was Michael Parsons, and he's a defensive linebacker, and he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, so, you know, look at quite the journey, I would have to say, to look at, to put Daniel Jones season into context, we can start with some numbers, you know, let, look at, let's go, let's go back when Daniel Jones performed a year ago, you know, when expected points added per play and completion percentage over expectation are measured, you know, I want to talk about the, the quarterback's efficiency, you know, Daniel Jones' efficiency in 2021, you know, Daniel Jones, obviously he was in a tough, he was in a tough situation, you know, John Mira, he, you know, John Mira kept on hiring guys, and this was the one thing, why, this was the one thing 
why a lot of Giants fans were killing John Mara because, you know, some Giants fans, not all, but some Giants fans, they looked at Daniel Jones, including myself, We, the ones that do believe in, the, one, the ones that have faith in Daniel Jones. Those Giants fans were the ones, give him a head coach and give him something, give him a good supporting cast. And let's see what he can do, you know? Up the, now the other giant, now the other, uh, the other half of the Giants fans that didn't uh, have faith in them wanted the Giants to tear everything down and go for a quarterback, you know, uh, go after another quarterback in the draft, you know. So look at Daniel Jones. I made a chart. I made a chart of all the quarterbacks, you know, of all the quarterbacks in 2021. You know, and I was, I'm going down by how efficient they played the game. I put Dan, I, I placed Daniel Jones in the bottom left uh, quadrant, meaning he was below average in both categories. He was, you know, he was in a little cluster along with Baker Mayfield and Ben Roethlisberger, not the best company to have during 2021. Daniel Jones, he was ranked, tw- I, you know, he was ranked 24th among quarterbacks in the EPA plus CPOE compo- uh, composite, you know, which is a good look at quarterback efficiency, you know. Now, now, now let's look at Daniel Jones' 2022 campaign. Now, I made another, I made, I made another chart for Dan, uh, for the quarterback on how efficient quarterbacks were in 2022. I put Daniel Jones in the upper right quadrant, which is where you want to be as a passer. He has, this guy has clustered with Trevor Lawrence, Jacoby Brissett, and Joe Burrow, which is much better, which is much better company to have this season. You know, in terms of Daniel Jones, EPA plus C, uh, CPOE, Combosite, Daniel Jones improved to 12th in the NFL, ahead of quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, and Tom Brady. You know, finally, Daniel Jones his turnovers, something a lot of a lot of people, even the media, has been killing him for years. He's only turned the ball over five times this year. For interception percentage, of, Daniel Jones' interception percentage was 1.1%. That's the lowest mark of his career. That's the, you know, that right there, especially when you ball out. And I understand he didn't, he didn't throw a lot of touchdown passes, but you, look at that. Look at the look at his supporting cast. He didn't have anyone to throw the ball to, you know. Daniel Jones only turned the ball over five times and threw fifteen. He threw fifteen touchdowns this, uh, this season. You know, one point one percent of intercept of an intercept that those numbers of an interception percentage. That's the lowest mark of his career and the best among passers this season. Now, if you're now obviously anyone's gonna want to know how did Daniel Jones do this? How how did this happen? As we will see, some minor improvements in a few different areas, coupled with a few schematic elements, put Daniel Jones on a path to resurgence. In some cases, the improvement was really minor. But to paraphrase uh, Gus Sinski from For Love of the Game, sometimes, sometimes a lot of little things can add up to a really big thing. Now, that's off. Let's let's take that out of out of the situation. Now let's talk about Daniel Jones thriving when pressured. You know, 
because I think Daniel Jones has proved, I think he has proved to me, I don't know about you guys, but Daniel Jones has proved to me that he can succeed under pressure, you know, and here's why. One of the more notable aspects of Daniel Jones' NFL career, even before this season, was how he has improved over the years at handling pressure in the pocket. As a rookie in 2019, Daniel Jones, you know, this guy posted an adjusted completion percentage, according to Pro Football Focus, of six, uh, six of uh, 63.8%, which was 17, which was uh, 17th among qualified passers, defined as quarterback the finest quarterbacks with 20% of a team's uh, dropbacks. During the 2020 season, that number ticked up slightly to 64.6%. You know, but last season saw a big jump from Daniel Jones in this area. During the 2021 campaign, Daniel Jones posted an ACP of 71.6% when pressured which was fifth best in the NFL among qualified passers. That put him ahead of quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. That upward trend continued this season. This year, Daniel Jones had an ACP of 75.6% when under pressure in the pocket, which was second only to Ryan Tannehill on the year. He completed 55.6% of his passes on the year uh, when facing pressure which is fourth best among quarterbacks for a thousand yards and six touchdowns against a single interception. Part of this success when pressured, uh, when pressured coming, uh, comes from Jones, you know, is his, uh, athleticism, which we'll get into, uh, into, which we'll, we'll, I'm going to get into, uh, in it, I'm going to get into that part in a little moment, but he, Daniel Jones has also showed the ability to simply create play, uh, to create space in the pocket, you know, maintaining composure in the face of pressure and finding a target downfield on this, com- you know, I was watching, you know, the game against the Carolina Panthers when Daniel Jones, I simply remember when Daniel Jones, he uses his feet to create space, you know, against the Carolina Panthers in week two in a collapsing pocket. But as he does so, he keeps his eyes trained downfield, allowing him to find David Sills setting down against zone coverage. You know, another another play, uh, another another uh, play. This is against the Minnesota Vikings. You know, this is I think this is in the playoffs. Oh no, this was uh, the Week 16 game. Daniel Jones against the Vikings in Week 16. You know. He, you know, Daniel Jones simply, he uses his feet to create space in the pocket before hitting Darius Slayton on a crossing route for a 22-yard gain. You know, both of these plays are a great example of a quarterback's feel in the pocket, particularly on the second play, you know, you know, on the second play against the Vikings. You can see how this guy feels that pressure off the right edge, but keeps his eyes downfield while moving to create space on the end zone angle of that play. You can notice how Daniel Jones never drops his eyes or even looks at the pressure. He knows it's coming. That's called great awareness, but it does not impact him as he moves to create space and give, you know, gives himself time to find Darius Slate. Now, uh, I'm continuing talking about the game against the Vikings. So what I'm trying to say, that ability under pressure has been huge for New York this year. Look at life in the NFL. Look at 
life in the NFL, life in an NFL pocket is tough. You know, this isn't this isn't uh, like college where, you know, where uh, defenses some defenses obviously is going to depend. To me, it depends on what conference you play. Either that's in the SEC, the Big Ten, you know, Pac-12, whatever. Defense, you know, you don't have, you, you know, there's a, that that's a little difference about uh, defenses in college and the NFL because in college, you know, you're going against kids, you know, you're going against students who who are literally learning how to play defense at the lower level of football. But when you go to the pros, you're going against you're going up against pros who know who know, who've been studying film, and they're gonna know what you're gonna do, you know doesn't matter what conversion it is either it's third down and one third down you know it could be second down and 20 you know defenses are going to come at you you know because they you know especially especially in the nfl that's why being a quarterback is tough especially at the pros you know um but look at like i was saying life in the life in an nfl pocket is tough and handling pressure is a big part of the job a part of the job where you know a part of the of that job, that's I think that's where Daniel Jones has impressed me this season, you know. And another thing I want to talk about about Daniel Jones and how he's uh, really improved is staring down the blitz. You know, let's take the pressure component of life as a quarterback to step a step further. As a quarterback, you know, you should want to get blitzed. It is an opportunity to punish, you know, the defense with a big play, provided you trust the protection in front of you, get your eyes where they need to be and make a big, you know, make a big throw, you know, a very big and good throw during both 2020 and 2021. However, Daniel Jones was shaky at best when blitzed during the 2020 uh, season. He posted an ACP of just 71.0% when blitzed ranking him 33rd in the NFL among uh, qualified passers. That number ticked up slightly in 2021 as his 72.8% ACP ranked him 20th among qualified passers. In both years, Daniel Jones threw four interceptions when blitzed, and in 2021, just one touchdown pass came when Daniel Jones was blitzed by any opposing defense. This season... Daniel Jones completed 67.9% of his throws for 1,000 yards and five, tu- and five touchdowns when blitzed against just a pair of interceptions. And his ACP is eight was an, is an 84.6% when pressured this year. A lot of people are going to be like, how is, that, how is that possible? You know, and not only that, <laughs> that number leads all qualified passers, you know, so if you're going to ask me, how has Daniel Jones, how has this guy done this? Well, it's clear and simple by maintaining his composure in the face of pressure as just, you know, outlined taking what the blitzes give him and punishing the defense when he has chances, you know, uh, let's take the play in week 17 against the Indianapolis Colts. When the Colts defense shows Daniel Jones two high safeties before the snap, but as the play begins, they walk into a single high structure, and as the ball is snapped, the linebacker blitzes on the interior. That means, you know, on that play, Daniel Jones has a free run, you know, he has a free run, but watch, you know, you gotta watch, 
as the quarterback calmly takes the snap, gets his eye to Richie James on the slant route, and replaces the blitz with the ball. You know, that's called good decision-making and, you know, good eye, good eye movement, watching where, watching where your main target is going to go. You know, this is, you know, that right there, that's a great execution from the quarterback. But perhaps my favorite play of Daniel Jones this season came in week 16 against the Vikings. You know, when the Vikings defense, you know, which, you know, Minnesota, they're going to blitz you off. You know, Minnesota, their defense, they'll blitz you. You know, and Daniel Jones, you know, he's seen that. You know, Minnesota brings a, a slot blitz. And again, a defender has a free run at the quarterback. Daniel Jones, however, does not panic and delivers a beautiful throw on a double move. You know, so look at what's to love about this play. Well, what's not what like once you see that feel from Daniel Jones as he keeps his eyes on the route from Isaiah Hodgins the entire time. Yet he knows the blitz is, you know, bearing down on him because he speeds things up slightly in the pocket. He does not pump fake on the hitch from Hodgins instead Taking every, you know, taking every available second to prepare for the throw. That right there is a fantastic play. Now we can dive into some schematic elements to the Giants offense uh, this season that have also led to improvement from Daniel Jones. Uh, let's talk about success on play action concepts. You know, um, they should, you know, I really feel like the Giants should use play action more. You know, um, I feel like that has become another uh, crutch in the football um, analysis world for people like uh, like me. Up there with um, that defense just needs to get pressure with four and they just cannot turn the ball uh, football over this Sunday. An easy bit of analysis that that one can con- uh, conjure up to, you know, explain how a coach can get improved play from a quarterback. You know, glares at Matt Patricia, you know, but look at enough of my own frustration, <laughs> enough of my own frustration with the New England Patriots um, this season. Um, oh, no, not the what, what am I saying? Whatever. Look at there are examples. Uh, there are examples where an uptick in play action usage can pay off for an offense and a quarterback. The 2022 Giants are one such example. Last season, according to charting date from Pro Football Focus, 31.4% of Daniel Jones' passing passing attempts came on play-action concepts. He ranked 14th in the NFL among qualified passers on those designs with an ACP of 79.2%. This year, play-action concepts made up 34, uh, 34% of his plays, which was 6th most in the NFL. So the Giants leaned into play-action a little bit more but how did Daniel Jones do on those concepts? According to PFF's charting, his ACP on play action in 2022 was 83.8, which is fifth best in the NFL among qualified passers. Even more notable was the fact that this guy's completion percentage jumped 11.7% when using play action, which was the fifth highest increase in the NFL. Some may point to the presence of a healthy Saquon Barkley as a reason for uh, this success, but the main reason was how Dayball, Brian Dayball, an offense coordinator and offensive play caller Mike Kafka, implemented play action this year, 
by picking spots situationally and using designs that mirrored their run game well. Mike Kafka put Daniel Jones in positions to have success on play action. Take, you know, t- uh, take the game in week 10 against the Houston Texans. The Giants faced uh, second down and 12 and used 12 personnel, putting a pair of tight ends in the game. As a defense, you might be thinking, run? Given the situation and the personnel, perhaps Kafka is trying to get into a more manageable, uh, manageable third down. Houston responds accordingly as they have bigger personnel in the game using four down linemen and three linebackers. Instead, Daniel Jones fakes a handoff to Saquon Barkley and finds a wide open Darius Slayton on the crossing route, you know, which was my favorite play of, of that game. You know, so that right there, that is a great example of a coach using the, uh, using the situation and personnel against the defense. As noted, Mike Kafka puts a pair of tight ends in the game on second down and 12. And which is an indication to the defense that perhaps they are looking to get into a more manageable third down. Houston responds with uh, a uh, 4-3 personnel, but instead, Daniel Jones takes to the air. Linebackers crash downhill, and Darius Slayton is wide open. Here is another example. The game against the Green Bay Packers in Week 5. On this play, the Giants show outside zone. Put Daniel Jones' uh, boots out of the fake to uh, Barkley before finding Darius Slayton again on the crossing route. You know, the Giants, I think that's... Now, look at The Giants have not been a great outside zone team this year. According to data from Sports Info Solutions, the Giants averaged just 2.8 yards per attempt when using outside zone this year. Last, you know, which they were ranked last in the NFL. New York posted an EPA per attempt of zero point, negative 0.29 when using outside zone this offseason against uh, last in the NFL. But this looks like run. The defense reacts like it like it's a run as well. And that right there, it creates an opportunity for Daniel Jones to hit on a big play downfield. Remember that the next remember that uh, the next time you have to uh, have a great running game to run play action discussion surfaces. Now uh, let's move on to the last area of this entire crazy discussion. I want to talk about Daniel Jones' offensive weapon. You know, perhaps the biggest change schematically for the Giants' offense this season has been the use of Daniel Jones as a weapon. One of the more interesting trends across the NFL over uh, over the past few years has been the use of quarterbacks in the running game. You know, we, like we look at like we look at quarterbacks like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, guys that Joe Burrow, guys that you know, not guys that you know you see in the playoffs, you see it in big time games. Where they can't find anyone open, you know, quarterbacks now games, and I just named like five or six of them have the ability. Can, they have the ability, uh, the ability, the ability to run with the football as good as other running backs. That's the that's the thing for Daniel Jones. But they don't, Daniel. They run the ball with Daniel Jones automatically, you know. And I feel like if you can get. You know, like, I think that's the more, 
you know, I think that's the more clear way to get things going. Like, you know, especially how we, especially when we see how defenses look like nowadays, because defenses are quick now, they're much more physical, and they're they're gonna study film on you. You know, you can't be like quarterbacks back. You know, you know how quarterbacks back then would just drop back and drop back and throw the football. Guys like Eli Manning, Tom Brady, how they'll just drop back on one foot and just throw the ball. You can't do that. You know, because defenses are much more quicker now and they're much more smarter now, you know, and they're going to find a way to get to you. So you got to move around a lot. That's why I always say you need to have creativity on offense. You got you can't always run the same play. You got to move your guys around, you know. So look, but back to what I was saying, you know, um, perhaps the biggest I perhaps the biggest change schematically for the Giants offense this season has been, you know, uh, the use of Daniel Jones as a weapon. One of the more interesting, you know, uh, one of the more interesting trends, you know, like I said, across the NFL over the past few years has been the use of quarterbacks in the running game. As defenses evolve and, you know, and play with lighter boxes and more too deep coverages to contain the passing game, offenses are using the quarterback more in the run game to, t- to uh, take advantage of the numbers in the box. Consider this. According to chart data from Sports Info Solutions, the top eight players in EPA, or you could say rushing attempt, this year were uh, were quarterbacks. Some of those are certainly scrambles, which you know can be huge for an offense, but some are also uh but some are also designed runs. As for Daniel Jones, his EPA or his EPA or RA of 0.25 was was a sixth uh, best in the NFL this season. That was behind Patrick Mahomes, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett, and Jalen Hurts. Sports Info Solutions also tracks these numbers by concept. According to their data, Daniel Jones posted an ERA or RA of zero of 0.48 on quarterback scrambles this year, which was which was fourth best among quarterbacks. Only Mahomes Fields and Josh Allen were better. They also track how quarterbacks fare on design runs. According to their charting data, Daniel Jones had 33 such attempts this year, and he gained 248 yards, averaging 7.5 yards per attempt, and scored three touchdowns. That was good for an EPA of 0.38 on design runs, which which is best among quarterbacks. And that average of 7.5 yards per attempt was second among quarterbacks behind only Lamar Jackson. You know, those numbers might now look at those numbers might not make it a surprise that Daniel Jones had 120 rushing attempts this year, the most in a single season over his, which was you know, which was the most in a single season over his uh, four-year career. And nearly double his previous high of 65 setback, uh, setbacks in 2020. Many of these design runs were zone redesigns, which gives Daniel Jones options on a given play. On the, you know, for uh, an example, the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, Week Seven, the Giants run this concept out of a pony pa- pony package with two running backs in the backfield. Daniel Jones puts the ball in Saquon Barkley's belly. And reads the defensive end, but when Duane Smoot crashes down, he pulls and keeps the football around the right end. That's what I mean. And the other element 
on this play comes from the other running back, Matt Breida. As Daniel Jones and Barkley meet at the mesh point in the backfield, Breida releases to the edge and serves as a blocker for the quarterback, if or when he keeps the ball. You know, so by releasing Breida, you know, to the edge, he is in position to block the quarterback and give, and now Daniel Jones has a three-man convoy to the edge. The result, a 12-yard gain for the offense. Here's another variation of, of this design from week 14 against the Philadelphia Eagles. This time, the Giants bring Darius Slayton into a wing next to the tight end and run Daniel Jones into the boundary. The Eagles slide pass rusher Hassan Reddick, Hassan Reddick inside just before the snap, bringing safety Marcus Epps down over the tight end. That makes the decision even easier for Daniel Jones. He meets Saquon Barkley at, at the mesh point, pulls the football, and skips around the right edge for a 12-yard gain. But this last design in the quarterback run game from New York is my favorite. This was against the Colts in Week 17. The Giants show a pin-pull design to both sides of the formation. On the right side, where the Giants have a three-receiver bunch, Slayton and James block down, while tight end Nick Vanette pulls to the outside. If Daniel Jones hands the ball off to Barkley, the running back will have Vanette leading him um, to the edge. On the left side of the offense, a similar convoy is set up for the quarterback. Left guard Nick Gates blocks down, allowing center John Feliciano to pull up to pull outside. Hodgins, the single wide receiver on that side of the field, blocks down on the defensive end, which enables left tackle Andrew Thomas to pull as well. You know, um, Daniel Jones, he has shut, you know, he, Daniel Jones keeps the ball, picks up the convoy in front of him, and scampers into the end zone with an 18-yard touchdown run. You know, so what I'm trying to say is this. These improvements from Daniel Jones this season, both big and small, have added up to something massive for New York. The Giants are in the playoffs for the first time since 2016, back when Ben, uh, ben McAdoo was their head coach and Eli Manning was their uh, starting quarterback. The improvements have also changed the narrative on Daniel Jones. Instead of wondering who the Giants might draft next spring, the focus has changed questions over the kind of contract the quarterback, the quarterback might sign this offseason to stay in New York. According to recent reporting, Daniel Jones and the Giants are closing in on a multi-year contract, contract extension. Something that seemed far-fetched back in the summer. Then again, so did the playoff burst. So, to all the critics and to all the people that have uh, talked down on this guy, you, you could just you could just shut up, you know, because Daniel Jones he has shown he has shown all of us that he he can be a franchise quarterback. If it's not with the Giants, it's going to be with some other team that really needs a quarterback because. He's got Daniel Jones. He's gonna get. There's gonna be a lot of teams uh, asking, asking the Giants for him. But you know, Joe Shane. He's already. Uh, he's already uh, went on air and said he wants this guy back in New York. You know, because he ha- he has all the qualities you. He has everything you want in the quarterback. You know, he has the toughness. He has, you know, good decision making. He's very decisive in the pocket. The future is bright for this guy, and it's bright for this 
for this football team as well. Um, but I'm very excited. Um, I'm very excited. To, I'm very. I'm also very excited about the draft and for agency. You know, let's, let's see what Joe Shane's gonna do. See what decisions he's gonna make going into this off season. Uh, the off season. I'm gonna let you guys know when the off season uh, starts. I'm pretty. I'm assuming it starts somewhere. I'm assuming it's gonna start somewhere around March or April. Oh no, it has to start in March. It has to start in March because the NFL, the NFL draft is in the NFL draft is in April. So, yeah, so in March. So, but yeah, guys, let me know how do let me know how do you guys felt about my uh, whole soliloquy on how I think on how I think about Daniel Jones and how he. Um, how he went from a punchline to, you know, and to a guy that no one really thought was going to make it to the playoffs to a potential cornerstone for a franchise that hasn't had this good of a quarterback in, uh, ever, you know, I mean, look at like, and I'm not, like I said, like I said, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to take anything away from guys like Phil Sims, Eli Manning, you know, um, I respect those. I respect Eli Manning. I respect those things. What those guys have done for this uh, franchise will never be forgotten, especially for what Eli Manning has done. I mean, look at people. They can crap on Eli all they want. They can crap on. They can crap on Eli Manning all they want. They can say that he doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. But what that guy done? What that guy has done for this franchise? No other quarterback will ever do. He beat Tom Brady twice. The only quarterback that beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl was Nick Foles. So don't don't crap on the don't talk trash about a quarterback when you know that no other quarterback would would have ever have the ammunition to beat this guy. You know, we're talking about Tom Brady. We're talking about a seven-time Super Bowl champ. Eli Manning beat him twice. So, you can't say Daniel Jones can't do the same thing. And I understand we're, I understand quarterbacks now are much more, they're tougher to stop than back then because they can move. They have the arm talent. They have the athleticism, you know, and expect, also the way coaches are now. So, I understand, but Daniel Jones, you know, a lot of people didn't look at him like a Josh Allen. A lot of people didn't, a lot of people try to, a lot of people have tried to separate this guy from all these other quarterbacks, but in reality, he's just he's just as good as these other quarterbacks because everything he's doing is very similar to what Josh Allen's doing. I mean, hell, everyone everyone was saying Daniel Jones looked like Josh Allen than Josh Allen. Josh Allen was not good in the postseason this year. He looked he looked he looked he looked okay against the Dolphins and he looked horrible against the Bengals. You know. Daniel Jones, he was horrible. Daniel Jones, he you know, he didn't look good either, but he doesn't have pieces around him, you know. Put Daniel Jones behind that. Put Daniel Jones behind that Bills offense. And tell me, you can't tell me Daniel Jones and Josh Allen are, are not different, you know, because they're not. They're not. I think this kid has a, a very, he has a bright future, you know. He literally... He literally turned everyone's minds around. He made everyone look stupid because no one thought Daniel Jones was going to be this good because 
we've seen him we've seen him repeatedly have uh, going from head coach to head coach from Pat Shermer to uh, to Joe Judge, you know, to Jason Garrett. This guy, you know, a lot of no Giants fans were provoked on the, on if Daniel Jones was going to do anything because a lot of people assumed that he was going to struggle and suck because he was going into a new system with a new head coach, with a new offense coordinator, new players that he's never met before. You know, I mean, look, look at him. He literally took a Giants team to the playoffs. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Saquon Barkley. You know, and I'm gonna get, I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna get into a talk, I'm gonna talk about Saquon Barkley, uh, Saquon Barkley a little bit more. Um, but I just have to talk about Daniel Jones just to. Just to prove that this guy has what it takes to be a franchise quarterback. And everything I said, you know, proves it. So let me know how you guys felt about it. Uh, felt about this one. I, um, I hope you guys en- I hope you guys enjoyed this. I will be back tomorrow to talk more Giants football. Um, and yeah, um, but until then, I hope uh, I'm out. I, I hope you all have a wonderful uh, Tuesday. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful uh, Tuesday. Um, and I'll see you guys tomorrow, but until then, I'm out. Peace.